My name is Sean Jordan. Welcome to the Adaptive Outdoorsman Podcast. Here we'll be discussing the history and legacy behind disabled hunters, trappers, anglers, and how they adapt and persevere in the woods, on the line, and on the water. Welcome to the Adaptive Outdoorsman Podcast. I'm joined by my very special guest, Chad Wallagura, and I will let him tell his story. Your backstory. <laughs> the whole thing from start to finish, that could take a while. Um, huh? We can start with what you do for a living and how you got into where you're uh, able outdoors. Well, it started uh, 35 years ago when I got injured. I'm a, a C7 quad, and the one of the main things I wanted to do in a rehab you know all i wanted to know is if i could hunt again and fish again if if, if i could i knew if i could do that uh, life would be okay so you know that i could give up a bunch of other stuff just not those so we uh we figured those out right away when i got out of the rehab it it was i was working on adaptive equipment well i really didn't know what i needed so i got out there and failed miserably and and doing that you know that i learned so much from failing that i was i was way more prepared for the following season so we just that that led to uh i don't want to say how long ago that was that was the internet was just a baby and there wasn't much information out there so i created a site called follow me outdoors where i i pulled the the little bit that I did find, I wanted to put it all together in one spot. So it it forced me to do something I never really wanted to do, and that was write. <laughs> so I started writing just kind of stories on what I was doing and and some of the trips that we took to hunt and fish, and that and that, and once I got into it, I was like, okay, you know, this this isn't so bad. I guess going to English classes wasn't wasn't that big of a problem. <laughs> I hope none yeah, of my I hope none of my English teachers are are hearing this because I may have to apologize to them. So we, right. I, I got a couple of articles in some mainstream magazines, and and that is so difficult to do because you have to really go on. You've seen the magazines. You not you have to go on like an epic hunt, kill something really huge to make oh, it yeah. in, and and it's i could see how important it was for people with disabilities to kind of see other people with disabilities succeeding in the outdoors and i knew mainstream magazines weren't going to be the way so you know that was one of the reasons i wanted to start my own sites and kind of get the word out and it, net, networking back when it was difficult to network you know, there was no Facebook, mm -hmm. no, no social media, anything like that. So that it kind of led to another site. And then a couple of years ago, well, four or five, we just started, uh, we published a magazine called Able Outdoors for a couple of years. And that kind of faded into, it kind of faded out. And we, we got, I've always been wanting to do videos. So we, I met a friend of mine and my co-host, Ashley Lundvall from Wyoming. We we knew each other just being in the 
hunting hunting community you know if you're in if you're if you're doing something in the in the disabled community outdoors and you're online i i know about you usually so i called her up one day i was like okay you want to do video because you know i'm i'm 52 i was like if we're, if we're gonna do a video uh, now's the time to take our shot because i don't want to wait till i'm 70 it's too late and she's right. like i've always wanted to do that you know she's a big uh proponent of leading women in the outdoors and women with disabilities so we you know we have the same kind of mission and uh I, she knows it was going to be a lot of fun too with her and i together so we she's more connected in the actual hunting industry so i left it up to her i was like well you, could, you think you can find somebody to do the film and and she had uh she had just gotten back from a hunt with christy titus and she's got her own show obviously and and she's like one of the guys who was filming there i really like and she i was like i was like well can you poach him <laughs> so so she she talked to two or three people that she liked and uh and nick was the the guy she really wanted and he got on board and so we we filmed our first show of able outdoors last april in texas we did a, a turkey hunt and a axis deer hunt combined and it it turned out thanks to nick because he i mean he's he's fantastic he made it look like professional which you know you have to do it if you're gonna if you're gonna get anywhere it's got to be well done so that yeah. that turned out so good and we uh our second show was last september I'm, i host a disabled group hunt here for teal season for duck hunting because I'm, I'm mentor at a hospital in Houston called Tear, and some of the people I see don't really have an avenue to get out and and hunt or you know it's, it's good for them to come and and test out some new equipment that we have you know for shooting and hunting and and just to be around people that have been doing it a while so you can say so they can see hey okay you know life can be good i can i can still do some of the stuff i love to do even though i don't know how to do it you know w we do and wing shooting is one of the hardest ones one of the hardest ones to do so that, that oh i agree that show is really it's hard for it was it's hard for able-bodied people so mm -hmm. I, that's what I, I tell them. I was like, well, you're taking off. If you can do this, you can do everything else. If you can wing shoot, you can hunt anything on the planet. Because this is the most difficult. It's, oh, yeah. Especially for uh, if you have like upper limb disability, you know, if, it, if your arms and hands are affected. So yeah. we, uh, we actually had a blind guy come in on that hunt and we, we, he actually killed a duck in the air, which we got on film, which has never been on film before, which is I've seen it happen because we had one like eight years ago and, and he did it, but we never yeah. we never filmed it. So I, I knew it was possible and I've, I've seen it with my own eyes and I still don't believe it. I still can't oh. tell you how it happens, but but it happens. <laughs> I bet you he can't believe it happened. He was like, no, don't. No, no. And then he holds his own duck. And he's, yeah. 
I, I want to see that video now. I'll, I'll send it to you. My uh, my cousin was his guide, and you know he kind of stands behind him and 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 helps you know turn him and tell him you know what's happening and when to shoot and all that. It's it's pretty amazing. It, oh man, it's kind of a dance, but man, it oh yeah, it's doable. It it's if a blind guy can go duck hunting, anything's possible. Oh. Seriously, so that that's basically the direction we're headed now. It's something I've always wanted to do, and we're we're gaining a little traction. I've got some sponsors interested, and and uh, Ashley was on the uh, Mossy Oak Pro staff, and she I, she had I think she pulled some strings, or she put in a good word for me and got me on it too. So that's a nice slowly but surely we're gonna gain some traction, buddy. Yeah, you know, there's not a whole lot of disabled outdoor media out there at all. There's not, and you know, there there's been a couple of shows attempted, but they they really don't do what Ashley and I want to do, which is to show people how we actually do things in the outdoors. You know, we we do a. I'll, I'll give you for instance, if if you if you watch hunting shows they'll have somebody with a disability on and they'll bring them out to deer hunt and they'll put them in a deer stand and they'll shoot a deer. And then that's it. And, yep, and, I, pieces. I, I'm, and I told Ashley, I was like, look, I, I was like, I'm, I'm the guy. Sometimes I do the scouting. We, you know, we do, I want to show people what equipment we use for different disabilities, how we get out there, how we take care of the deer after we kill it, how we, you know, I've tracked some deer before after the yeah. shot. You know, there, there's so much more to it than than what's being shown. And I think it's really interesting stuff. You know, I, I would want to watch that. You know, I, oh, I was wanting to do something similar to that, like with a dirty jobs eight approach where I would go out to these individuals like disabled hunting and trapping and fishermen showcase how they do it with their equipment yeah and then just try and, and go hunting and fishing and trapping with them that's right i mean it's it's still hunting and fishing and trapping you just have to figure out different unique ways to do it and i can promise you there's a way to do everything it's just that that's if, if people people need to know that there's a way to do everything you want to do it just it, it may take a little doing but, you know, I love the challenge. Yeah. I love the challenge of bow hunting and bow hunting out of a chair. It's just, a, you know, it's 10 times more but challenging. But the hunt is still the same. The hunt, hunting is still, that. that's the beauty of being out there in nature. That, it doesn't mm -hmm. care who you are. It's, it's still the hunt. It's still fishing is fishing. It, it, you, oh, yeah. you still have to know what you're doing. So it. I, I want a day with outdoors to take off because I want we want to be be able to show reach as many people as we can, and we we we're going to take other people with different degrees, you know, different types of disabilities out with us so we can we can show you know different types of equipment. Oh yeah, because there's not just only types of disabilities. Sorry, yeah. I need to put apologizing all the time. Uh, 
there's different uh, types of disabilities other than just the physical ones as well that sure. people need to help with adaptions. <laughs> yeah. I think it's the best therapy in the world. Oh, I agree. And I, I, I want to, I want to share that with as many people as I can. I mean, that that's one, that's one of the good, good things for social media is you can, we can reach a whole lot more people this way. You know, there are some bad things, but there's some good things too. Yeah. I've noticed that as well. Just the amount of people that, I've been able to reach starting this podcast is staggering. I was thinking I was only going to be able to get maybe one or two every so often. And I'm just lining up interviews now and I want to do more. That's awesome, buddy. More. I mean, keep rolling. Oh, yeah. That's that's all you can do is keep on going. If you don't (laughs) keep going, you won't keep going. Yeah. I want to eventually be able to travel and do interviews a lot live with the person. That would be cool. You should, uh, if you come down here and hunt with me, you can do, we can do it. We can do a little podcast on location down here Oh, that's from, from the duck blind. <laughs> oh, <thank you. laughs> so how old were you when you started hunting? Um, too young to know because we started with bb guns and then pellet guns so i don't know six eight years old you get a bb gun but we really i really didn't start hunting until i got a pellet gun and then you know probably rabbit hunting was some of the first hunts because i wasn't before i was allowed to shoot a shotgun i was scared of it till i was 12. Yeah. Rabbit rabbits were big game with a pellet gun, buddy. <laughs> I never got a rabbit. Yeah, my hunting experience is very limited. <laughs> oh, we, need, we, need to broaden, we need to broaden your horizons, I'm telling you. Oh Lord. The way you're talking, it sounds like my horizons are gonna be broadened greatly. You come down here we'll, go, we'll have to go rabbit hunt or hog hunt one night. While you're down here. Oh yeah. You hadn't lived till you've gone out with a spotlight. Hog hunting. Oh, I'd love to do that. Do they pop out a lot of bacon in there or is it just mainly butts and shoulders? Uh we mainly do it like like you would do a deer, quarter it up. Not not too many people process the bacon out of it that I know. I heard the pharaohs don't have enough fat on them. They probably don't. You know, they live on the run. Mm-hmm. So they're lean. They got some fat. They, they eat a lot of grain around here. Yeah. You ever, what's the most unique animal you find down in Texas? Or all of it? In Texas would probably be our dad because, you know, it took me 20, there's a public draw in Texas every year where you get to hunt on the WMAs, the wildlife management areas. And it took me 18 years to draw the, this one area that has Aldad sheep. So that was the, it's just something I haven't been able to hunt ever in, yeah. in Texas. So that was, that was pretty unique. Other than that, uh, Samuel crane hunting is pretty unique, you know, not too 
you can't hunt them in too many states. We just got through going to the yeah. you go to the Panhandle. We have them around here, but they're they're mostly in the Panhandle. So we we take some trips there to hunt, and they're 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 one of the best eating birds that I've ever had. That and dove, uh, those two are the my top two so far. Of course, quail mm. pretty darn good. <laughs> I did some poppers with the dove I took. Oh God, we uh, my mom's from Louisiana, so we have a lot of recipes that involve pot roast and brown gravy. Ooh. That that that's really good with duck and dove. Mm. I'll give you a recipe. Oh, thank you. Thank You'll have to come down here, time. shoot your doves, and then I'll show you how to properly clean, pick and clean them, and then I'll send you home with the recipe. Oh yeah, my wife. Uh, she don't like too much spice in her foods due to IBS, but I love no. that. It's not too spicy. I mean, gumbo a little bit, but pot roast yeah. is not spicy. It's just good gravy. Oh, no. oh and I, that's something I need to learn is how to make that good gravy. Because I make a lot of stews, but they don't actually have a thick gravy to them. Well, I'll send you a little care package from down here, buddy. <laughs> and I always had the trouble with the duck because, or you know, goose because it's a tougher meat. Yeah, goose is. I'm actually going to try one out tonight. It's ironic that we're doing this now. My, one of my one of my coon ass cousins sent me uh, told told me a recipe where I'm going to boil the duck and then crisp it up in the oven afterwards after it's almost mm. falling off the bone. And and he was like, I ripped it off from Emerald. So it has to be good. <laughs> See, I, I'm just doing it with a pressure cooker with a with a can of goose breast that I got one year. My cousin he had shot an army worth of can of geese and yeah. he ended up giving me some. And those things are dense as beef, but they don't cook like beef. Right. And it's weird. So maybe low and slow, you know cooker or maybe on the grill and smoking it well just the breast i mean you can do so much with just the breast meat if you're doing the whole no. thing though there's nothing nothing wrong with just baking it doing it preparing it like you do a turkey no i was just using the breast it was that bad yeah those things are as big as my hand if if we get if we start talking about cooking i'm hungry we won't get off the subject <laughs> <laughs> So, what is the biggest animal you've hunted? Uh, well, it has to be one of my African animals, probably. Well, I don't know, elk. I've killed one elk. Think uh, they are really tough to hunt, no matter what. And and in a in a chair is even even more challenging, which is that just that just makes me want to do it all the more. That hunting niche is just gotta be scratched yeah oh yeah i mean well we were talking earlier about hunting elk with a bow that's one of my that's i think that's one of the top three hunts in the world elk hunting with archery during when mm -hmm. you, you chase them down in the woods and try to call them in so we, well i'll tell you what i was saying earlier that uh outrider usa coyote that's electric mountain bike and it's uh that's the first 
time I've ever seen something where I thought, okay, this could be possible to elk hunt with a bow because it's super quiet and it'll be able to creep up and down. So what? So that's that's going to be on my agenda someday is to pull that off. Yeah, the second hardest part is to draw a tag. Yeah. In New Mexico, New Mexico has the best opportunities for disabled hunters, mobility impaired hunters, because they have special mobility impaired seasons, which is between archery and and general rifle. So you kind of get first crack at them. Nice. Which is what you need because it's. I mean, you obviously. I mean, if you're if you if you've hunted out west, it's it offers a lot more challenges than just you know in texas where it's it's just different it's just harder to get yeah. around especially if you can't walk so now you they have great opportunities there for elk for antelope and uh you know they hunt everything it's a beautiful state i like oh, yeah. it I, I get out there as much as i can as much as i can draw yeah now you went out to africa you were saying what all animals did you hunt out there? Oh my God, that was one of the best hunts. Uh, with I was chosen the by Safari Club as a Pathfinder Award winner ten years ago, and they send you on a ten day hunt to Namibia as part of that award. And I, I think I, I think I took like fourteen different animals. Kudu is amazing. Zebra. Will, wildebeest, hardebeest, uh, beautiful gamut buck, impala, and springbuck, and just warthog. Warthog was one of my favorites because uh, we actually went several years earlier than that. One of my dad's buddies wanted to go, and so I set up the trip. We went to South Africa, and it was a, a drought. So when the when they have a drought, the warthogs leave. So we didn't even see one, and I was like, you know, that really. I was like, oh, I'm never going to get a warthog because it, it's not easy to fly over to Africa. It's not something you do every year. Yeah. It's, 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 that's a daunting trip, but it, it seems more daunting than it actually is. It, it's doable. So, did you take any of the mounts with you? Do what? Did you take any of the mounts with you? Oh, yeah. Oh, we, yeah. we had, we had all the, they shipped them back. They ship them back on a, in a in a crate, and nice. the in Namibia they it had been a wet year, and they told me there's a lot, there's way, there's too many warthogs that that will you know if we see more than one, we're gonna shoot two or three if we can. I was like, well, you telling you telling that they're to the right person. I'm your guy. <laughs> so I, I ended up getting a really nice one. It was that's one of my favorite mounts too. I got it in my bedroom. Nice. Were you able to eat any of the meat? Oh yeah, warthog was great too. We all you eat is it's it's so remote over there. You know that they, they don't have grocery stores. All the meat is is killed. I mean, it's all everything everything is hunted that they eat over there. It's unbelievable how they keep every part of the animal. That, that's something we don't. We keep a lot, but they keep they they keep the stomach linings. They cut the stomach open, dump out the the contents of every animal except warthog, and they keep the stomach linings to eat. Unbelievable. Hmm. 
protein is a is a luxury over there. I mean, it's a yeah. you know, So it, yeah, it, and uh, every all the antelope over there, all fantastic eating. They're, they're all good, everything. I'm, I'm once yeah. again, we're back talking about food. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's part of hunting is eating the meat that you yeah. harvest. I'm I'm a big fan of a wild game too. So, and well, we, I went from when my son was born; he's going to be eight this year, and I started hunting the year after he was born to bond with my father-in-law. All right, and uh, he got me. That stretched my itch the first time I got the bug for hunting. And afterwards, my cousin introduced me to waterfowl. Oh, yeah. And morning dove. And I've just been wanting to get more and more and more. Well, you need to come because, down. You need to come down uh, in early September. Oh. We'll, uh, we'll, uh, we'll, really, we'll really turn you into a monster. <laughs> bring your bring your boy with you. Oh yeah, he's yeah he's gonna be eight in gym, so that's perfect it, age. Perfect it. age for him to be running around and seeing what we're doing and being a part of it. Oh yeah, because when I got my deer this year, it was a family affair. My brother brought his kid, wife and kids. My son was there. Everybody was just excited to see the big dog. Big buck that I bagged, and it was awesome. Man. That's a great part of it, isn't it? Just you know, the friends and family and camaraderie, and oh yeah, I, I like. It's that. amazing how many. Uh, it's amazing how many guys will come over to you and help you drag a deer out of the woods. Oh yeah, as you know, that's that's part. That's a big part of disabled hunting or able outdoors is having people there to help. I mean that. It, it, it's tough to do it all alone. Be almost impossible. Yeah, put it almost. on the sled, strap it down. Almost yeah, impossible, but not impossible though. <laughs> well, you ever hunt any black bear yet? Yeah, I went up to Canada twice, and I I got a, I got a small one. I I saw the bear in my dreams. Thanks for bringing this up. I saw the bear in my dreams, and I didn't get him. A huge, huge chocolate bear, and it it was the uh, it was the last afternoon of this like a five day hunt, and we had been riding around for four and a half straight days. And I was I was I told my guy, I think his name was Billy. I was like, dude, I can't take it anymore. We got to stop and sit, you know. So we just <laughs> sat right near where the camp was, and there was like a a logging road clearing all the way to the top of this this foothill and we just sat, you know, cause we'd seen a few bears and then it was just about dark. And he was like, well, I guess, I guess it's time to go. You know, I didn't, uh, I guess you're not going to get one. And, and as he started the truck up and started to turn around and I saw something pop up on top of that mountain coming over. I was like, hold on. What is that? Is that an elk up there? And he looked and he's like, he's like, no, it's a huge chocolate bear. And it was coming down the mountain towards us. So, nice. so they had these little, uh, like a little bench every now and then he would disappear. And when he disappeared, we got closer to the bottom of the mountain. So I'm just sitting there with my gun aimed up. We just waiting for him. He's coming. 
he's coming up. I, I got him dead to rights. So he gets about halfway down, and there was these two cow elk in that feeding with a calf. And we didn't think they'd been there for half an hour. We didn't pay them any mind. When that bear came over that one little rise, and those elk saw him, those two cows charged him and ran him off. Into oh, the woods. I was like, I had no idea they would do that. So, oh, that I still got the visual of the bear of my dreams. It, it was a huge chocolate fake color face bear just coming down. I, I was already, mm. I was already uh, planning on where I was going to put the rug. <laughs> oh yeah. And they ran him off and, <laughs> and to go all the way to Alberta to, to hunt five days hard and, and miss out on your one opportunity. It, it happened. Yeah. It's not easy, but it happened. But the hunt was great. It was fun hunting beautiful country oh yeah i need to go back and go after bear up there again i got unfinished business <laughs> we'll do a group trip up there I've got, oh i'll do that no problem yeah uh, bird is yeah. where we're going because you can kill two bears there if you're going that far you want to kill two eight that way you Remind me to save up some money. Yeah, a little bit. It, it's not outrageous. You know, it, anytime you travel and hunt, it's going to be a thousand anyway, just room and board. Yeah. And, and gas now, maybe, maybe 1500. Hey, traveling down to Texas, that's going to be expensive for me then. Yeah. I'll have to, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll find a place for you to stay off. Somebody to put you up. Yeah. You that just get down here. I go camping. You just get down here. We'll take care of it. We'll take all care right. of it. Now, the licenses, are they all over the counter in Texas? Oh, yeah. We don't have any draw because uh, we're, we're like 95% private land. So uh, we really don't have any public to draw on. I mean, to draw tags for anything. You just you get like a three-day or a five-day license. Is it always guaranteed or guarantee, buddy? <laughs> All you gotta do is you show up. No, oh, that's nice. You ever been to the exotic uh, ranch down? I think it's near the coast. There are. Have, have I? Did you ask about a specific one? Oh, there's more than one. Oh yeah, well there's wow. exotics everywhere. People, oh wow! People have them all over. I've never killed one in Texas, which is a little crazy to me, because they're all we we chased one around in South Texas before an oryx, and we didn't we couldn't get him. But I I hadn't killed an exotic yet. But oh yeah, they're they're everybody exotic hunting is really big in Texas. Oh yeah, I remember that freeze you we had. What was it two years ago? Now we had that deep freeze, or was that last year? Last year, right now. Oh, wow. Yeah, I remember that. And that killed off massive amounts of them because they couldn't right. handle not, the cold. They're not built for the cold. They're, it's it's an Asian. It comes from Asia. So their hide isn't built for, you know, that kind of environment. Yeah. Well, you look at most of Africa and Asia, the mountain chains are going, well, mainly in Asia. 
in Europe, their mountain chains are going east to west to east. And so they don't get any of that cold air coming down like we right. do in our area. Right. So we literally have a straight shot from the Arctic Circle down to us. It's very rare that we get it that cold anymore. Oh. So it's very rare that we get as much snow as what we have been today. We actually snowing in Texas right now, which is we we see it about once every ten years. Where I am anyway. Yeah. I'm I'm south. I'm close to the Gulf. So in, in Dallas and the panhandle, they get it every year. No kidding. I yeah. didn't think it would get I always was under the assumption that Texas was a always going to be no snow. No, it's I don't know why. It's a big state, buddy. It goes. It's it. If I drive to Wyoming, it I drive all day long just to get to the top of the Panhandle, and then the next day I I can make it to Wyoming. Wow! To give you some idea, I I can be in, if I if I go east. I can hit Florida from where I am before I could go west and get out of Texas into El Paso. So Dang. it's a big state. We got all the climate, oh, yeah. all the terrains, all the climates. Yeah, we're uh, you're in the southern part of the state. You said southeast mainly. I'm I'm uh, southwest of Houston. Mm. So I'm. Yeah, I'm trying, looking on the, my. Google Maps on here for how fast, how long that would take me. Not too bad. Probably about 14, 16 hours, maybe. No tolls, 17 hours, two minutes. Two days. Oh, you're near probably Perland. Oh, Perland. Perland. I'm an hour southwest to El Campo. Ooh, wow. I'm in between Houston and Victoria on Highway 59. Yeah, I'm looking at this. I'm, I would literally. Oh, there we go. You said El Campo. You're in El Campo? Yep. Or you, wow. Yeah, I'm way down here. Yeah, yeah that is a long drive. <laughs> That's what that's what I'm saying. If you come if you come this far, we'll have to throw in some we'll have to do duck and dove and then maybe try go hog hunting one night or something. Take your boy rabbit oh, take your boy rabbit hunting one night. Oh yeah. That's a seventeen hour, two minute drive. Hey, it's time for me to go get my duck and put it in the pot, buddy. All right. Well, it was great talking to you. And I hope that we can set some things up. Do you want to peg anybody? I'm not pegging here. Yeah, I'm. You can tell I'm sleep deprived for some odd reason. Uh, do you want to? Uh, plug. Words. You mean plug? Yeah, plug. <laughs> plug any of your uh, Instagrams or social media accounts. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, you can always find find us on ableoutdoors.net, and we have a Facebook page and a. We're on Instagram too, and we have a YouTube channel, so not hard to find. Back in the day, yeah, right. could, back in the day, you could just search uh, "disabled hunting," and I would come out on top. <laughs> yeah, I still don't see a whole lot of disabled outdoor media out there. 
there's not enough. So keep yeah. going. Keep going. Yeah. yeah. I want to be part of that disabled outdoor media as well. That's right. <laughs> More power to you, buddy. Well, Good luck. Thank you. And thank you for coming on. And I uh, would like to tell my Remember, stay adaptive.